0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: It was very late at night. I was sitting outside on a rock. As Stan said, I showed him the rock when he came to my home. And I was just thinking, what did I do? I was crying so my family wouldn't see me. And all of a sudden, I saw a light coming towards me. When I saw the light, I thought it was a car. Because in Romania and in Italy, they always try to run me over with cars. So I thought, they found me here too. But it was not a car. The light surrounded me. And out of the light I heard the same voice. It was the same angel. Dmitry, why are you so despaired? Why did you punish me so harshly? What did I do? Why couldn't you let me stay in prison? My family would have had a home. I don't have a bed to let my head down on. Why was I brought here? Dimitri, I brought you to this country because this country will burn. So why would you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in jail in my own country? He said, Dimitri, be quiet. Get beside me. I don't know what the device was but he pulled me beside him and he showed me all of California do you see what I've shown you? this is a Sodom and Gomorrah their sins have reached God and God has decided to punish them by fire he came and showed me Las Vegas this is a Sodom and Gomorrah and one day it will burn he came and showed me New York this is New York this is a Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. And then he showed me Florida. This is Florida. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. And in one day it will burn.
2: You've been listening to the Wake Up America message with Dimitri Dudeman. For a copy of this very important message, please go to our website at handofhelp.com. Never before in the history of our country has our nation been in more jeopardy than now? Please order a copy of the video, Wake Up America, at the handhelp.com website and get the warning out while we still have time. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael gotta Boldea. For what you
1: you gotta stand. All right,
0: welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am your host, Michael Boldia and it is a pleasure to have you with us. As has become customary whenever we are recording a program, I feel the need to let you know thusly, and so please be aware that this is a recording. It was recorded uh, one day before it was supposed to air because, well, um, for those who celebrate it, uh, tomorrow is uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, I would have been in studio recording this program uh, during a time when, you know, kind of like to hang out with my kids, uh, maybe take a picture of them in their matching PJs. uh, Because uh, as uh, the Greeks like to say, Tempus Fugit. Or was that the Romans? Anyway, uh, whether Latin or Greek, it means time flies. It passes. Time goes away in the blink of an eye, and before you know it, you're looking in the mirror and not recognizing who that gray-bearded fellow is. Um, Today is going to be uh, somewhat of a departure from uh, what we usually do. Uh, Today will be a sort of Q&A. You had a week to send your questions in. Um, Gino will be reading them off to me whenever uh, we start going down that route. But first, uh, there's a few things to discuss, to talk about, to parlay, if you will, uh, because uh, I seem to have riled up uh, the Beth Moore fandom uh, with with last week's program. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. Uh, Factually correct, uh, no need to apologize for anything I said, because I said nothing wrong. But... As is always the case, whenever you uh, flick an idol's nose, uh, those worshipping said idol come at you, both barrels. And, of course, uh, you know, the the, the tried and true is always, well, you have no fruits of the spirit if you go after Beth Moore. Uh, So by that, um, I guess... uh, conclusion, deduction, uh, thesis. Uh, Jesus didn't have the fruit of the Spirit when he flipped over the tables in the temple and um, had himself a good old time with a whip. Uh, Just saying. So Jesus didn't have the fruit of the Spirit either. He wasn't loving or kind or understanding. Look, you, you, you need to differentiate between righteous anger and calling out something that you know is harmful to other believers and just being a jerk. I'm not being a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. I didn't wake up one day and go, hey, Beth Moore hasn't been picked on lately, and I'm not picking on Beth Moore. I'm picking on the things she said. Just like Pat Robertson, Beth Moore needs to know when to shut up. Just do your thing, fleece your sheeple, Tell the the, the middle-aged women in your crew that it's all men's fault. And by the way, that's another thing. If if it's not the lack of fruit of the spirit, it's misogyny.
1: You are a misogynist
0: because you dare to uh, point out Beth Moore's, uh, well, inadequate teaching. Let's call it that because if you call it heresy, then we're going to have another week of how dare you. Respect your elders. Beth Moore is not my elder. Excusez-moi, as they say in French. Beth Moore is not my elders. You'll never know the name of my elders. My elders have calluses on their knees from the time they spend in prayer. They're not chasing the limelight like a rabid dog. They're just spending time with God, and that's sufficient for them. But
1: this is, this is where we've come to.
0: Apparently, feminism trumps gospel. Apparently, gender trumps gospel. Look, anybody that knows the woman I'm married to, and very few people do, and, and, and I've kept it thus, because my life, my family, my wife, my relationship are mine. That's why you don't see me Facebooking every five minutes. We're walking hand in hand. Today we shared spaghetti. That's my intimate life. That's my private life. But anyone that knows... My wife knows that she's the, the strongest woman in the world. I've never met a woman stronger than my wife. She's a, she's an untamed stallion. So don't don't go down the misogyny route. But my wife understands that there are certain responsibilities adherent to a woman and a man. I, I got an email from a friend who goes. Man, I listened to your program, and you know what? I think feminism destroyed the church. No, I'm not going to go that far. Feminism uh, didn't destroy the church. Feminism was like a staph infection for the body of Christ. It, It weakened the body, and it allowed other things to destroy the church. I know. Oh, there he goes again, again, misogynist. No. Look. The reason we're in the pickle that we're in is because a generation of women raised their sons to be women. If you want to go down this rabbit hole, let's. Because I'll I'll fisticuffs with you over this. Look, if you're a father and you have a son, teach him to be brave, to be noble, to provide, to protect. Teach him to hunt, to gather. Teach him what his role as a man is going to be when he leaves your house and into adulthood. If you're a woman raising a daughter, teach her to be nurturing and kind and generous. But boys and girls are different. Men and women are different. And when I hear, well, you know, women can do anything men can. Perhaps, but... Not nearly as well. And men can't do certain things women can do nearly as well. This is why God created man. Then he pulled a rib out of Adam and said, there you go. Because, you know, you were destined to live forever. But, you know, let, let, let's make you wish for death, so I'll give you a woman. See, that was a joke. And, again, all the Beth Moore fandom is going to be up in army. We knew it. Patriarchal misogynist you know, it, it, It's amazing how how societies have gotten along for the last what six thousand years, and now uh, you know women who smell like sour cabbage think they can fix the world. Uh, but again, I digress. Let me go back to my point after sipping uh, a, a bit of my delicious beverage. If you raise your sons to be women, then come the next generation, your sons will not know what it is to honor a woman. Your son will not know what it is to provide for a woman. Your son will not know what it is to be courteous. Look, my dad worked a lot. So uh, the, the the whole uh, raising a future man thing was left to my grandfather because I traveled with him a lot. And we spent a lot of time together. And... Because of the things he taught me when I was young, I'm, I'm courteous to this day. I will open a door for a woman, and I've had women. Uh, I can do that myself. You don't need to be a man about it and open the door for me. Uh, all right, then I shut it in your face. I, but, But I'm not going to change who I am because you're insecure about being a woman. I'm still going to say, yes, ma'am. I'm still going to be courteous. I'm still going to stand when a woman walks into a room. Because that's how I was taught as a child, by another man. It had nothing to do with patriarchy or misogyny. It had to do with respect, fairer sex, if you will. But see, now you have an entire generation of women bleeding on about can't find a good man because you've chased them all away and because your mothers and your grandmothers taught a whole generation of men to be sissies women to emote all the time to buy a guitar and sit on the beach and cry by themselves because their their hair color didn't turn out quite right Look, this is why I have no long-term hope for this nation. Because while the rest of the world is teaching, and I'm not talking about the the Western world. I'm talking about the hungry world. I'm talking about what we consider third world, which are soon going to be first world because we're taking their place and becoming third world. Those people are teaching their boys to be men. They're instilling values in them and not feminizing them and sissifying them and putting them in dresses. Anyway, I know, we're off to a swimming start, aren't we? But one more thing before we get to Gino's question, because I know he's, he's chomping at the bit. I know the first one out of the gates probably going to be, how do you stay so handsome? I'm fat, therefore my skin is hydrated with oils, and so I don't wrinkle. There you go. I answered that one even before he asked it, so we can get to serious stuff a little later. But uh, apparently uh, our betters have decided that uh, we're all going to get rich next year. Uh, we're going to get a whole 600 bucks a head while the Smithsonian's getting a billion dollars. And isn't it odd? Because there, there's a lot I want to say about this. But, but, but I don't have the time today because I do want to get to your questions. I believe they're important, and I gave my word, and I'm a man of my word. Uh, isn't it odd that the people who uh, join champagne parties and have uh, tuxedo dinners who are consistently and constantly looking their noses down on the middle class of this country on people who work with their hands. Isn't it odd that they're getting a billion bucks to continue being these, these disconnected bourgeoisie individuals and the billion bucks they're getting is from the taxpayers that they look down on? Just, just a thought. And another thing that you have to keep in mind, and I know I, I have people in, 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 in my own sphere that are like, hey, we're getting money. No, 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 dear, my dear. If you get crumbs today, they will demand an entire loaf tomorrow. Understand that the burn rate of of money in this country has gotten to the point where people just don't understand the numbers anymore. When you talk about $27 trillion of debt, when you talk about every adult taxpayer in this country owing over $100,000 just so we can pay off the debt of this country, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sad for my kids' future, and you should be too. Because no matter how much they want to tell you that it exists, there's no such thing as a free lunch. The money is going to come from somewhere, and it's not going to be Bezos, and it's not going to be Zuckerberg, and it's not going to be the people that have armies of lawyers finding every loophole imaginable so they can squirrel away their profits. It doesn't work that way. They're not going to be the ones paying. If you have a decent job, if you're what is considered a middle class, welcome to the big squeeze. Because those that are in poverty, well, you know, they'll get a little something and they'll probably waste the money on gold teeth or rims or whatever it is that keeps them in poverty in a country like America where if you want to succeed and you have the wherewithal and and you have just a little bit of drive, you can be comfortable, then uh, it's the middle class that's going to get squeezed from the top and from the bottom. So. Uh, if, if you're a plumber, an electrician, if you're a contractor, if you work with your hands and make anywhere over sixty grand a year, welcome to the pain. But you know what? At least Beth Moore is going to get her wish, perhaps. We don't know yet. We'll see. Yes, back to Beth Moore and misogyny, because you know what? When, when, when they fall flat on their face, when this nation craters and implodes, when there will be more people homeless than people owning homes, who do you think they're going to run to 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 to, to put it back together? The, the transgender bipolar non-binary thing that is now going to be what the 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 Secretary of education, Beth Moore. Are they going to run to Beth Moore to put the nation back together? Because Beth Moore is all for it. yay, dementia Joe. See, my concern is that there won't be enough men willing to do the hard thing to put this nation back together. And we're not even talking about external forces, about enemies, foreign and enemies domestic. We're just talking about just just the simple science of economy. If you spend more than what you bring in, you're in debt. At a certain point, your debt becomes unsustainable. Because your debt becomes unsustainable, you're going to punish the working class. You're going to raise taxes. Of course, there's also people in, in, in the future administration, God forbid, uh, that want business killers and job killers, like minimum wage for everyone of 15 bucks, like everything has to be green, like there has to be 10 government overlords for one business. They have to give you a proctology exam every three days just for you to keep your doors open. And that, what happens when that occurs? Well, businesses go out of business. There's shrinkage. Nobody employs anyone anymore. You can eat the rich, but that's one meal. Because on both sides of the aisle, except for a handful of people, nobody's willing to say, hey, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So with that, I know uh, we've gone 20 minutes into this and not one question has been had. But, Gino, if you're there, let me know. I am here. He is there. All right. Hit me with your first shot.
2: You might know we'd start off with a real, uh, what I would call, uh, form of teaching very prevalent today about the rapture. Coming from Charlotte Boss Hart. Uh, Michael, my question relates to end times prophecy I've been studying your teachings on Revelation From your website And you discuss what some people consider to be the rapture Honestly, the rapture point of view has never made sense to me However, I would like to hear your take on that And what I can say to others that believe in the rapture Thank you and Gino very much
0: Oh, an easy one all right. Oh boy, oh boy. And we only have what 30 odd minutes for this. Uh look, the the Bible speaks of a gathering. It speaks of a catching away. Uh Jesus himself spoke of a catching away and a gathering together. Uh in in Matthew 24, I think it's verse 31, he says he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So biblically speaking, there is a gathering, there is a catching away. The the, the big controversy, uh, the, the, the whole uh, fly in the ointment as it were, is the timing of it. Now, and and to be fair, uh, the pre-tribbers are a little less vocal uh, now than they were, say, in 2019, uh, because, well, they're still here. And although we're not seeing tribulation as the word of God describes it, we're beginning to see... Um, birth pangs. Uh, we're beginning to see contractions. Uh, for for both of my daughters, uh, my, my wife, you know, started having contractions and they got closer and closer and closer together. And at a certain point when the contractions are close enough together, you go to the hospital and you have the baby. Well, we're still in the contraction phase. We're not even driving to the hospital yet. But, Biblically speaking, Jesus says he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, again, the entire issue revolves around timing. When? Uh, There's there's three different, well, actually, there's four. Uh, There's four schools of thought. There's the pre-tribulationists who uh, believe that not a hair on their head shall even smell like smoke, and they shall ascend to the heavens and be in glory forevermore. Just because uh, they raised their hand at a Benny Hinn crusade, or uh, I don't know, they said, Jesus, come into my heart. Uh, I, I, I think the, that class is the most disingenuous because it means they have no historical understanding of what Christians have gone through since the beginning of time. Uh, there's no contextualizing what it is to be a true believer vis-a-vis what the Bible says. And they they just swallowed the entire teaching without blinking an eye that, hey, all you got to do is wave a hand, that's it. You got your ticket to heaven, your seat is reserved. And no matter what you do from here on forward, that's it. We're not, you're not going to see any hardship. You're not going to see any trials. You're not going to see anything. I mean, just at, at the first sign of anything going awry, of every, anything going sideways in the world, you're just gonna woof, that's it. Haven't you read Left Behind? I mean, that 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 should have been added to the 66 books of the gospel. Left Behind should have been an addendum to scripture. That's all I'm gonna say. Or that that that's how some people look at it. They take a narrative like the Left Behind series. And they make gospel out of it. And, and whenever you point out certain, well, scriptural things, they get angry and bitter. I don't receive that. Blood of Jesus, I don't receive that. I'm just... Look, hold on. Uh, all right, found it. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 29. These are the words of Jesus not some guy that 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 wrote a book that's being sold in the fiction aisle, but Jesus. Jesus said, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Oh, um, I, I, that's kind of self-explanatory to me. I know that people like the idea of escape shoots. They like the idea of life pods. They like the idea of, well, I'm not going to have to, and then fill in the blank. And it's not one of those doctrines that is salvific in nature. So I tend not to... Overly argue the point with people. But my advice would be, if you're talking to somebody that's, that's heavily into the pre-trip thing, uh, is to get them to think. I, I, I think the first, if somebody's honest intellectually, the best thing you can do is get that individual to think and then come to some conclusions for themselves and by themselves. So I would would ask a simple question. You believe that we're not going to be here. Oh, hallelujah, yes, we're going to heaven and paradise, and then, uh, yeah, okay. Well, um, have you ever thought about what happens if we are? And spiritually, mentally, psychologically, even physically, you're not prepared? That's that's the question you need to lay at somebody's feet. Because I've I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And again, we can go back and forth until the cows come home. But in the end, the Bible does say that no man knows the day or the hour. So again, but there Ah, Jesus give me strength. All right. There is no definitive declaration by either Jesus or the prophets or anyone in the book that says the rapture will occur pre-trib, mid-trib or post-trib. Those things are all th- those are all boxes created by men. However, there is enough mitigating evidence to suggest that the odds of a post-tribulation rapture are far higher than the odds of a pre-tribulation rapture. And a lot of that evidence, a lot of that weight, has to do with the words that Jesus spoke regarding the tribulation, regarding the last days. Now, if, if, if you want to understand what the future holds, these are the words of Jesus. Uh, Matthew twenty four twenty one. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. And then Jesus goes on to relay the reasoning, the why. Why were these days shortened? But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Let that sink in. Because I've had a... Well, no, that, that, that's talking about somebody else. Who, who exactly? And, and Jesus himself alludes to the danger of a pre-trib rapture doctrine or a, even a mid-trib rapture doctrine because in verse 23, Jesus says this, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, Do not believe it. But imagine how many people will believe it if they've been preconditioned to conclude that any time, if if it starts up, we got to go. And because they have this this, this mindset of a pre-trib or mid-trib, there will be those that will try to exploit them. There will be those that will come and say, hey, there's the Christ or here's the Christ. And Jesus says, don't believe it. I'm going to tell you how this thing's going to play out. Don't believe them when they say there's the Christ or here's the Christ. Because it's not going to be me. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. So there will be stages where from time to time as we go through this, this this time of darkness throughout the world there will be those who will pop up and say he's here he's here and Jesus is warning and saying don't don't believe it don't fall for it don't don't be one of those goobers that that puts on a white robe and goes stands on a mountaintop for a week until they die of starvation because you think Jesus can't see you in your house. Don't believe it. And look, there have been, there have been rapture cults, I guess you can call them or whatever else you want to call them, uh, throughout the years, but imagine how exponential the number of these sort of people will be When you have an entire generation that was taught that the Left Behind series is scripture itself, they're seeing tribulation throughout. They're seeing hardship. They're seeing all these things. And you have someone come out and go, Oh, he is there. Look, he is there. They will flock to these people. They will give them every last bit of anything they have left. Because to them it was never about a relationship and an intimacy and learning to walk in faith it was about not being here for the tribulation so i there's there's just there's a lot to unpack when it comes to this there's we we can have just <laughs> limitless programs uh going into what paul wrote going into what revelation says going to what jesus again You know, I I respect Paul and I respect the prophets and I respect John the Revelator and the book of Revelation, but when the Son of God says something, to me it holds just a little more weight. When Jesus comes out and gives these warnings, I'm, I'm liable to listen to Jesus a little more than I am to the guys who wrote the Left Behind series or to Benny Hinn or whoever else. Look, there will come a point, and I, I'm, I'm hoping it's delayed, but I think it's close, where the staunchest pre-tribber will have to admit that, eh, we're kind of in the tribulation, and we're still here. So, either uh, Jesus couldn't pull up his calendar, and he missed the appointment, or you believed the lie. Which do you think uh, is the more likely scenario? Just a question. But uh, to, 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 to go back to the beginning of this, because I, I think I remember you saying, how do you proceed, how do you go about discussing this sort of thing with someone who is a staunch pre-tribber? Ask, ask them a logic question. Ask them a reasonable question. And if they're again, if they're intellectually honest, it will make them think. Ask them this: What if you're wrong? And I'm sure they'll come back to you with, "What if you're wrong?" Well, if if I'm wrong, there's no skin off my nose. If I'm wrong, I'm just I'm 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 gonna party twice as hard when I get to heaven, kids. To to use a modern day vernacular. Uh, if if I'm wrong, all I did was prepared my heart, was growing my faith was learn to trust God, was learn to be dependent on Him, was learn how weak every safety net that we fashion for ourselves is, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. So, if I'm wrong, if Jesus does decide to go, ah, you know what, I miss them, I'm going to jet out a bit early, go gather them together, have a few years of joyful bliss while the world descends into chaos, It's a better view from heaven anyway. You know, watching the stars fall from the heaven. Watching the sun be darkened. So I'm going to go get them. We're going to watch this stuff, and then we're just going to come back. and we'll, you know, clean the house. If that happens, the people whose position was that Jesus was coming at the end of or, after the tribulation of those days, as he put it they all 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 they did was grow their intimacy with him there's no drawback to it, and before anyone well there's the fear I'm sorry, what fear if You are afraid of going through tribulation. Then your heart isn't right with God to begin with. Then you have no relationship with Jesus to begin with. You think you know him, but you don't. Because once you enter into his rest, once you know that you are his and he is yours, there's no fear of anything that's coming down the pike. I know He is with me. He is sufficient. Therefore, whatever it is, we'll get through it. Our God is able. And even if He doesn't, He's still God. Look, it, it's. We have to acknowledge something. And I'm sorry, we've just gotten to one question and 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 we're already forty minutes in, but it's important. How do I put this gently uh you know l- lest i uh make another contingent of my listening audience irate. Uh, we understand just how shallow Western Christianity is by how Christians react to the prospect of persecution. That's the nicest way I can put it. You understand how empty and void modern-day Christendom is by how the modern Christian reacts to the idea that they may have to take a stand for Christ, that they may have to endure for the name of Jesus. That they may have to see the world go through tribulation because, again, there should be no fear for the believer because the believer will not suffer the aches and pains of the godless through tribulation. Just as Israel did not suffer from the plagues that descended upon Egypt... It's, it's easier to have a superficial understanding of the last days of prophecy, of everything else. Well, no, we're not, we're not going through tribulation because Jesus doesn't want us to suffer. Well, but Jesus wants, wants you to be an example of what he can do through a human life. Jesus wants you to be a testimony. What greater testimony could there be than for you to have peace and have joy? When everyone else is losing their minds. When everyone else is gnashing their teeth and and, and wailing at the heavens. The, the day is coming when men's hearts will fail them for fear of what is to come. And we're not talking a handful of people here or there like it has been happening with... with With, you know, the sniffles, where people get so scared of getting it, they give themselves heart attack, basically. We're talking about even the godless having enough foresight to understand where the world is headed. That the idea of what will occur when we get to the destination will make their hearts stop in their chest. In, but but again this 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 is what we get for doing what we've done I, I I have no nicer way of putting it when for the last fifty years, we've disregarded scripture because it made us feel uncomfortable when for the last fifty odd years, we've disregarded what the book says concerning the way believers ought to be, ought to live, ought to walk. Because, hey, that person or that person said, I can still live like the world and claim to be of Christ. And, you know, before the hardship comes, the the, the big white bus is coming to take me home. I got my ticket. No one can take it. Well, if there's no bus, your ticket's kind of worthless, isn't it? So this is, this, I, we deserve this. This is what we get. This is what we get for elevating duplicitous and lukewarm individuals and calling them our spiritual betters. This is what we get for, for flocking to the Beth Moores of the world because they knew how to stroke our ego rather than tell us to repent and be broken. Before Christ. So it's not as though what we're getting is undeserved. What we're getting is well-deserved. Anyway, Gino, next question. Because, you know, All money right. is a ticking.
2: We do know uh, in Wisconsin, and it's been fairly well documented about voter fraud, including votes from people confined to the home over 220,000 people voting that were dead. We have awareness of that, uh, ballot harvesting in Madison at 20 locations, uh, a host of things. First of all, do you believe the election, uh, was, uh, uh was fraud involved with it? And, uh, uh, and second of all, um, Should there be a pushback against the fraud? Because Ron Johnson, a senator from Wisconsin, said there probably will never be a fair presidential election again if there's not pushback against the fraud, et cetera. And finally, a final thought on that, Uh, will this, uh, the breakdown of, of justice and truth election truth, etc., could that open the door for unrest leading to civil war? All that in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> oh, wait, and in 13 minutes. Uh, yes, I believe this election was stolen. I believe this election was stolen so brazenly uh, that the powers that be are having a difficult time trying to cover their tracks. Uh, I... Look, I, I don't think there's been a true, fair, and clean election in this country for 20 odd years. Uh, this is this is why I think that 2016 took took them took them for a ride, is because it was unexpected. They they'd already baked the two percent into the cake, and somehow enough people turned out in a handful of states where Donald Trump was president for four years. Uh, they I look for those. That that want to You can go back into the archives of the program And I remember that at some point I said come next election They're going to leave nothing to chance They're going to pull out all the stops They're going to do everything they possibly can And they did And the fact that um, Our side or the other side Or however you want to phrase it Wasn't prepared for what they knew was coming uh, Is on them to a certain extent As far as free and fair elections, if this gets through, there will never be a fair election in this country again. Done. And the average citizen having realized this will also realize that this is no longer a constitutional republic. It has become a a, a tyrannical government where a handful of people do as they please and expect everyone to, to, to sit down and shut up and Ignore the glaring inconsistencies of everything that happened. Look, you have mathematicians coming out and saying that statistically what they said took place with this election is impossible. Now, these, these, these are dispassionate people. These are not people that are into politics. They're, they're math nerds. They crunch numbers. That's all they do, and they came to the conclusion that what supposedly occurred is statistically impossible. Yet we're told that, hey, shut up, sit down, take it. No, I look because people are very hopeful about Georgia, you know, being a stopgap in the Senate. If they can pull a presidential election off. What makes you think for a second that they're not going to pull Georgia off? And with every one of these blows to the face, uh, what what I call the normie citizen, the guy that goes to work, pays his taxes, uh, sits down to dinner with his family, says grace and everything else, the normie citizen is uh, getting more and more disenfranchised. Their hearts are growing colder and colder. They're becoming detached from this experiment of a constitutional republic, and there will come a moment. There will come a time. It'll you'll you'll know it when you see it. It'll be like a thunderclap on a clear day when all of these people, these these normal, hardworking folk, will have had enough. And the thing that scares me. I'm not fearful. I'm not even scared. I I, I see it coming, and I know the pain that it will bring. And it makes my heart hurt. Because when you force the hand of normal people, to do unspeakable things in order to defend themselves and their home, when you force the hand of someone that was never out in the street looting and burning and stealing, and you turn them into the monster that they never wanted to be, you will have unleashed hell, and there will be no putting that genie back into the bottle, kids. When you make a man consciously, suicide his entire existence up to that point there will be such a white hot hatred that will be belched out upon those who think they've won because they set a few cars on fire or they looted a few businesses that it will be biblical and there will be nothing that will stop them Because you have forced them to become what they never wanted to be. Because you kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And you never stopped pushing. So, yeah, I believe that if they keep this up, it can quite literally spark a revolution in this country. And uh, I, I, for one, don't want to see it. But I do know one thing. If it comes to it, I will defend my children. If it comes to it, I will defend my wife. And I will give no quarter to anyone trying to harm them. When you are attempting to do harm to my wife and my children the time for dialogue is over when you are attempting to harm my wife and my children I'm not going to try to bring you to Jesus you can explain yourself to him face to face and this is where a lot of normies and again I use this word often this is where a lot of normal folk who, who just want to be left alone This is the corner that they're being backed into. And you see, the, the, the decent people haven't done anything. They haven't said anything. They haven't retaliated. And that emboldens the anarchists. That emboldens the narcissists. That emboldens those who just want to see chaos for chaos' sake. But when the tide turns, and the tide will turn, and when all the normal folk have enough, all, all, all these, these people who think that they've won some magnificent victory by being destructive will have nowhere to run. It'll get ugly, and it will get ugly very quickly. And given what we've seen this past year, to be honest with you, I don't know if you can count on law enforcement to be on your side, because these are people who depend on a paycheck. The paycheck comes from those pulling their strings. So all all the... That could never happen here, brother. I, I think you're just, I don't know. I, we're Come on. That could never happen here. This is America. It's happening. It's happening here in America. Because we've been asleep at the switch. We've let people who never should have been anywhere close to power get within a hair's breath, and if they do get power, they will wield it in ways that you can't even imagine. They'll, they'll never give it back. It'll be the last peaceful transition, and uh, there's an old saying Uh, It says, people can vote themselves into socialism, but they always have to shoot their way out. So this saying is more true than you know. Anyway, we got to two whole questions, so that's something. Uh, The the handsome question was mine, so uh, I I can't add that to the tally. However, uh, in, in, in the few minutes we have left, I do want to uh, cover your ears. Those of you that are sensitive, cover your ears. I wish you have a Merry Christmas. Um, enjoy it for what it is. Celebrate it for what it is, as if it were your last. Because anyone that's telling you 2021 is going to be better than 2020, uh, uh, are, are the same people that tell you you're going to get raptured out before you see any of the naughty bits of the Bible. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, as, as a friend of mine once said, you got to carpe the diem, son. you got to carpe the diem. Uh, seize the day. Live. Enjoy your family, your friends. Smile. Laugh. If it's sunny where you are, Take the face diaper off and go get some sun. Look into the sky and smile as the sun glistens upon your face. Because we know the day is coming. That the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. So, Uh, you know what's coming. Enjoy it while you can. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Uh, And uh, to all the Beth Moore fans, ah, I love you anyway. Have a good Christmas. And hopefully we will be with you again next week. Let's see. We may be live. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, I hope I was able to clarify a couple of the questions. I'm sorry I didn't get to more.
2: But it is the way it is. Gino, if you've got anything to say,
0: the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, Michael, if it's okay with you, why don't we do one more question and answer bit next week? Because I think we have two or three very pertinent questions, Uh, one dealing with false prophets, one dealing with your dream about the wolves surrounding the deer. And so I think if it's okay with you, let's do this once more next week. So. Uh, All right. I think it'll be good. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Light of Truth broadcast. Uh, Some are listening in other countries, including my son, Logan, in Italy. And we want to let our soldiers know around the world that we're praying for you, thinking of you, and God bless your service. Thank you for it. Thank you again for tuning in to the Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast The Light of Truth with Michael Bodea If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast please visit our website at handofhelp.com If you have questions about our ministry you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910 God bless you